Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number 336. And recently, Mike, you and I had a challenge on the channel that was so much fun. We said, and we learned so much. We did. Even more so. We said, let's go back and, and break it down, you know in a podcast format because there's there's so much to talk about here that you know even more so expanding upon what some of the things we we talked about that we were learning like as we went throughout that video sure right. but we've got a lot more that we want to talk about so we're going to talk about this challenge we recently did where we wanted to hit fairways and greens and avoid three putts and then see how that translates a little scientific to the experiment right there a little see experiment. how it transitions exactly into the scorecard right exactly so we'll Tell you guys, if even if you didn't have a chance to watch the video yet, you can always go back and watch it after the episode. We'll break it down for you. We'll tell you what went into it and what the rules were and what we learned in a second. Uh, also, want to take a second to thank everyone for everyone who participated in the Golficity Virtual Open. Once again, a huge success. And I'll be honest with you, going, going into it this year, we really didn't know how many people we were going to get. You know, with with covid and things like that and first started kind of setting up the tournament in that april time frame uh and then we had a little bit of nerves we're like i don't know how many people are gonna be able to do it but really it came from you guys you guys pushed us in the facebook group and stuff like that and you said is the tournament happening this year we want to yeah. do the virtual open mm -hmm. and we use that as our our kind of our motivation to say let's let's get it going and if we you know, if we're able to get a good showing, great. And you guys surprised us, knocked it out of the park. How many did we end up with, Mike? I just checked. We ended up with over 1,500 registrants. And, like, we had 1,000 rounds logged already. Yeah. So. Wild. Wild. And that, and that that's kind of our goal every year is more so than anything is just getting a, a lot of people out there playing golf. It's so great. And and it's been fun, the conversation in the Facebook group where you guys have talked about your rounds. Some people had great rounds. Some people had terrible rounds. But there was a lot of fun. There was a lot of people sharing golf with others, collaborating, getting together. I saw a lot of instances where people were um, – you know, linking up, saying, I'm playing my round. Who else wants to join me? Right. People bringing family members out Love there. That. It really was what yeah. it was all about. So we're going to, in in the next week or two, we'll be announcing all of the door prize winners. Again, another big thank you goes out to all of our door prize sponsors. Uh, the list just goes on and on. You can go to golfisty.com slash open to see the full list of sponsors. Uh, but a lot of people kicked in some, some tremendous uh, door prize giveaways, over $2,000 worth of prizes. So we'll be giving those away. Uh, but this was fun. And we always welcome your feedback. If, if there's a way that you think we should structure the virtual open a little bit differently, it has adapted through the years based on your feedback. Sure. But if you have something, by all means, let us know about it. And, and we will continue to make it better. And we do want to do more of these. But We've just been so busy with everything with new HQ and everything like that, that it's, it's tough. There's a lot of administration that goes into it, but we've promised you guys before, uh, and we will make it happen where we will get more of these events going. And hopefully, fingers crossed, one day we want to do a an in-person in person would be great event. Yeah. Yeah. We got to do that. But it was, it was really fun and we, we enjoyed it. We appreciate everybody who participated. So thank you for that. And of course it will be back again at the very least next year for anybody who happened to miss it. Or if you had fun, you want to do it again. Um, 
Before we di- dive into this week's Twitter tapping, I want to thank this week's sponsor, Titleist. Uh, Bob Volke and his team, they're always grinding to produce an amazing product. Uh, but with the new SM8 wedges, they've really made a giant shift forward. We really encourage you guys to go out there and hit these for yourself. We talk about them a lot here, Mike, but it really took getting out there, hitting them with Kevin Sprecker and understanding the differences, that MOI and the forgiveness that they've gotten from it. You can go to Volke.com. Uh, Check out, they'll, they'll show you in detail, technically, yep. some of the mm-hmm. changes that were made. But terrific all-around wedges, incredibly versatile, and with a proper fitting, you can make sure you've got the right bounce and grind for you. In fact, we just unboxed our new SM8 wedges. Um, we customized them. Customization level went up tenfold. Ridiculous. With, you so can cool. customize everything. It's so much fun. We, we had you guys have some fun with that as well, uh, going through, and we, we had the contest with the customization. But... Every little bit of it can be customized. They're just beautiful clubs. And in fact, this week they have a limited edition Jet Black that just came I out, which that. is just oh, pretty slick. slick. Yeah, are. exactly. Really but you guys really have to see them. You have to feel them for yourself. Do do your short game a real favor. Visit the fitter. Get you know get fit for some Vokey SM8 wedges. Go out there, test them out for yourself. You like I said, you've really got to feel it to believe it. Uh, and don't forget those Titleist Thursdays. We just did a Titleist yep. Thursday mm-hmm. event. Um, amazingly high caliber fitting for free so you just go on to, to Titleist website you can go to the Titleist Thursday you can search for one near you uh, you just book an appointment it's a free appointment but we're not talking about you getting anything halfway here we're talking full trackman full access to all the, the equipment right there everything from right. shafts to I'll even swap the ball out if the Pro V1 didn't work try the Pro V1 exactly. X exactly it is it is a high high caliber fitting like a lot of what you see us doing on the channel and it's all right there in a Titleist Thursday it's a great way to go out there and try out all of the different bounce and grind options with the new Vokey SM8 uh, lineup. But go to Vokey.com to check out these out. Really, like I said, some really exciting stuff. All right. Uh, I was uh, DMing uh, for a while last night with the winner, Jared, yeah. of the uh, SM8 contest. And he, he's beyond excited. And we were just going back and forth. And I was telling him about, you know, Titleist Thursday. We're getting him set up with that. He lives out in Michigan. So he's going to go out to, uh, I think there's a Titleist Thursday out there in Detroit. He says 45 minutes from his house. He's going to go. He's going to get fitted, just like we said. Home run. And then he's going to get to go back and customize his wedges. <sighs> How cool. He, you know, listen, Jared, you better do... The one that won you. Yeah, you, you better you better do that one. You know that design. <laughs> his design who won that ice cold was so slick. Was I'm hoping to see at least one of your wedges with that. Um, all right, let's dive into our this week's Twitter tapping. And and this week, what we asked you guys is, what is the best deal in golf right now? All answers welcome. Equipment, play, travel. Open it up. I think we're all looking for a, a great deal. You know for sure. And. Uh, here, here we go. We got some good answers that, that kind of rolled in here, Mike. Jump. Yeah, go for it. First, um, our own Ed Detuza. He said, you know my answer, uh, club sub all the way. What is club sub? Club sub. I'm clicking on his hashtag just so I can see what club sub. Oh, sub oh, 70. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now, let's see. We have a lot of sub for you. <laughs> I don't know. Either that or he's talking about a sandwich. You know Eddie with his food. It's either the food or one of these uh, sub-70 clubs here. I know he's a yeah. big, I know Eddie's a big sub-70 guy. In fact, sub-70, speaking of which, is, is one of our, our sponsors for the virtual open, and they kicked in a club. Uh, first, I got my hands on a sub-70 club was was that one. The driver driving iron? Yeah, really high quality. Mm-hmm. I, I like seeing these smaller manufacturers uh, who are, are putting a lot of time and effort and love into what they're doing. Uh, in fact, we're, we're going to be highlighting some 
other uh, smaller upstart club manufacturers on the podcast soon. Yep. Because I think, like I said, I, I like seeing this um, almost bespoke, like uh, really passionate, small batch kind of. I love it. People. I mean, we're trying to grow the game and, and, and highlighting these companies is, is definitely key. Right. So All right, what do you see here, Mike? I got uh, another uh, equipment, <laughs> Mike Ryder. This is a Homer response, but I'm going to say Shotscope V3. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a great deal. It is. Yeah. And, and I, unfortunately, the uh, the launch deal, which we were promoting so hard, just ended. Yep. Anybody, I think, who got in on that V3 launch deal got a steal. It was. Uh, yeah. But even with that, the price didn't jump up too high. Uh, I actually saw somebody the other day on Twitter, and I'm, I don't have it right in front of me. I'm going off of my memory, so I can't tell you who it was. But somebody said... Um, it it was the single the shot scope was the single best investment he had made in his game uh, in as long as he can remember. Wow! Because think about it, that a lot of a lot. us will drop you know more than a shot scope on a club that we'll use for two seasons or something like that. But uh, and that's one club. But shot scope gives you the stats you know through the bag. Um, but I think I think what highlights the deal for me is the fact there's no subscription fees yeah absolutely. i think so much of the tech stuff you get in with the price but then now you're paying a monthly shot scope doesn't do that so i agree with you there what Let's else see what got? else we got we've got uh i want to see some more course deal our local public courses from thomas hyatt our local public course offers an early bird special anyone that goes in between six and eight can play nine holes for five bucks Boom. That. Nine holes for five it's a great bucks. way to start my day before. That actually costs less than the coffee I get before I go to work. <laughs> so that's actually pretty good. I was about to say it's cheaper than a hot dog. Yeah, exactly. So that's a pretty sweet one. Um, Alexander Wiley, similar thing. He says, walking into my local Muni uh, for free at six o'clock after work. Even you better. can't beat you free. Can't, you can't beat free. I guess I thought five was good. Unless now they we give have... you a sleeve of balls with it, too. You can't beat it. Uh, Kevin Smith's got a good one I agree with. He says, PGA Tour Live is worth every penny, especially if you're working from home, like most of us are. And with the tour back, having PGA Tour Live right at your kitchen table is pretty sweet. Because mm. we couldn't watch it, you know, back when we were at the office, you know. Right. But uh, unless you were able to sneak away and have it on your laptop. But that was a pretty cool one. I agree with that deal. Anybody who's like a PGA Tour junkie, you got to get it. So you mm-hmm. get all that extra coverage. Some people I know this past week, we saw the PGA Championship. Some people were complaining with it being on ESPN and having to basically pay and having to have ESPN channels for it. Right. I get it. I get it. Um, you know, the final round broadcast, I, I believe, was on, you know, what was it, CBS or, or something CBS, like that, yeah. right? So so there, at least you get the final round. But I, I do like opening it up to, to more people, more people being able to watch. But it is it is not too expensive. So that that's good as for, you know, as far as the PGA Tour thing goes. Um, let's see. Um, I mean, I throw in, um, you know, not to sound adsy at all, but we've been working well with Rapsodo for a while, and they've been so generous to offer that $75 discount for the mobile launch monitor. I think that's a pretty sweet deal because this thing is so packed with uh, data for your yeah. golf game. And to get it for, I think we have to the discount, it's almost about 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's some of them are 2000 You got Mevo Plus, things like that up in the... But uh, this is a pretty pretty sweet deal for a launch monitor for the lower price range. Yeah, and I always like, again, the tech products that, that you buy once and they seem to get better. Uh, that's an example of one because they roll out these firmware updates and now you can use that indoors. Which is so key. Which is, yeah, definitely. Um, Joe uh, Colangio says, the answer is and always should be the shoulder season replay rate at Sand Valley Mammoth Dunes. 52.50 on the replay uh, if you brave the less than ideal elements. Ludicrous. I, you know, I... I agree. I, I like it. You know, every once in a while, you know, get out there and play when, when it's not perfect weather. Right. It's less crowded. 
and yep. you get a better rate. But that's the only thing I've always been enamored with with Twilight. Twilight's my favorite time to play golf. Yeah, I love it. And it's the least expensive. We were talking about the other day. Just yeah. coming in at that golden hour when oh, you're all it's done. The, it's the best. Yep. Uh, and then C. Clark says, as far as equipment, I think the Tommy Armor Wedge for $60 is a great deal. I got 60 degree last year and thinking about the 52 this year, but trying to play to pay off college loans first. I feel you, man. Yeah. I feel you there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and again, a lot of, again, a lot of, um, Club manufacturers there are starting to really up their game. I, another one that I've seen and heard a lot from lately is Ben Hogan Golf, which uh, they are somebody who's making a, a real revival. Um, I'm seeing them more and more. Um, but yeah, Tommy Armour, some of these these brands that are, are really kind of stepping it up. And and like I said, the smaller brands, there's just so much out there. It's just a matter of just getting out and looking for those deals. There's always another one I always look for is golf ball deals. Yeah. And I think it's always around the holidays that one or two places will run a deal on Pro V1s, which is a great time to stack Free customization. Up. Free customization. Or if you buy like two dozen, like you get one for free. Right. Yep. So I, I think it's just smart about that. Oh, and the, and the one thing I would point you guys to is every year, on the website on Golficity, we do a Black Friday Cyber Monday roundup. Mm-hmm. Look for that because we will we will comb through the internet, look for any deal we can find, throw them on there, and that's kind of like a live. And we update it all. The time. Yes, yeah. it's it's really is a living document because we will just add stuff because some of this stuff it doesn't. There's no news of it until the moment it goes live, and these companies keep it hush hush. It's usually it 24 out, hours, right? Get we'll in by throw midnight, it in there. Right. But I would say I think my number one time to spend, and I don't, I'm not a big Black Friday Cyber Monday guy. I never really shop. On I don't. Yeah. I don't. I'm not a big shopping right. guy either way. But I will say, if there's one thing I do, it's with golf equipment. I stock up. Yeah, I, I. That's my time. I'll go through and whatever it may be, I grab stuff on that date. So. Huge thanks to everybody who uh, who threw your answers in there. I'm sure those deals will help us all because we're always, like I said, always looking for a deal. Um, what do you say, Mike? Let's do a word from our sponsor. And then I want to talk about, first, let's set it up and talk about what this challenge was we did. We'll talk about how you guys can do it at home. And mm-hmm. I know a few of you have already tried this from the comments on the, yeah. the video itself. But we'll talk about that and we'll talk about why it can help your game. For sure. Uh, yeah, so this episode is brought to you by ShotScope. Speaking of ShotScope, guys, the ShotScope V3 is a stat tracking laser like GPS watch. It tells you everything you want to know about your golf game. It's going to help you improve. It's going to help you enjoy the game. Um, so what's new about the new generation? It's smaller, sleeker, got the color screen display, you got the color bands, uh, which are interchangeable. Uh, the watch is made to be more precise. Uh, visit shotscope.com slash golficity. And I'm here seeing here, Frank, that the V3 is sold out due to popular demand. It is $219.99. It's available in black, gray, red, green, and purple. And those are going to be shipped out in October of this year. So you could pre-order them now on the website again. They went through another pre-order because they sold out. So if you want to secure it for October, order it now and you'll get it and, in and two months. And I'll tell you why sold out is impressive. We had, back I think it was in March, we had Gavin from ShotScope on the podcast. They were prepared for a high demand, sure. knowing that this was a, a big leap forward from mm-hmm. the V2 to the V3. They had, it's not like this is a production issue. This was a true demand issue right. that amazingly they're sold out till October but what I would say is still put your pre-order and don't wait until they're back in stock in October they're just going to sell out again they it's are. the hottest it's the hottest item going right now exactly you got to get it so get, get in there it now. now yeah absolutely especially if you want to buy it for someone for the holidays you'll know you'll secure it by October and you'll have it true 
Uh, and lastly, want to thank FootJoy. We hear it all the time. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So here's a question for you. Why would FootJoy change the ProSL, the most popular shoe in golf, the best-selling shoe in golf, the shoe that's worn by more tour players than any other? I mean, you see the, guy, the guys on tour, they're always wearing ProSLs. Um, you know, FootJoy never settles. I mean, they never settle for... Uh, uh, to, they, they want to make things better is what I'm trying to say. They managed to be the number one shoe in golf for all these years for a reason. So this is, uh, this is what they do. They uh, innovated advanced design on the new ProSL to give you more stable traction, comfortable. I, Frank, you've been wearing the ProSLs mm -hmm. now for one Good shoe? You like it? Listen, I'm becoming a quick convert. I was a Fury guy, and now I'm noticing that the, the, the Pro SL is coming out of the closet a little bit more. Right, And exactly. a little bit more, especially with the carbon. Yes. We got our first chance to get a real good look at it at the pga show uh this year but the carbon it's it's lighter you feel that ground interaction more which we're going to be doing a whole podcast very soon on how to use the ground for more power and then you understand that it's not a comfort not just a comfort thing it's a performance thing yeah and you, and, and, and foot joy really understands that so i would say not only to check out the pro sl check out the pro sl carbon the carbons are sweet and they come with that fiber carbon plate with yeah. uh within the midsole and they offered uh added comfort features like these these ortho light impression fit beds mm -hmm. i know it sounds like a mouthful but the best way to experience is just put these shoes on and you'll yeah. see for yourself what it means so guys check it out check out the pro sl you can learn more at footjoy.com all right terrific so let's talk about let's first set this up and tell you guys a little bit about this challenge so what originally started as an idea of, of just creating some fun content while we're out there on the golf course but at the same time saying like how can we kind of apply some of the things that we talk about here on the podcast and, and learn from it out on the course. Now, if you're somebody who's new to the podcast, maybe this is your first time listening, a little background on us. We're not pros. We're, we're not uh, instructors. We're guys who love the game. We love learning the game. We've spent the last seven years or so bringing ourselves from a 25 handicap down to around a 12, and the journey continues. So we still have a lot of room for improvement, but we've made some strides along the way, and that's what we talk about here, which hope that some of the stuff that we've learned by chatting about it here, you guys will learn from it as well. So what we did was we went out there and we said, instead of, which is something that all of us golfers do, we get so laser focused on the final score. And it, it adds, first of all, it's, it's way too wide of a target. Just right. thinking, I want to shoot this today. Secondly, it often adds this extra pressure, which we all know golf comes with a lot of pressure as it is, but you add this extra pressure. And then if you start getting close, you're starting doing math around the 15th, 16th hole of what you need to do. And you start getting out of your game plan. So we said, let's go in with a game plan of a few strategic small goals that if done well should lead to the big goal of a better score. Mm. So we said it very simply. And I want you guys to try this. I want you to, on one of your rounds, keep this score on your scorecard too. Use this as your goal and see if it translates to a better overall score for you. And whatever it does, good or bad, let us know in the Facebook group. Let us know in the comments. I want to hear. We're going to a bigger sample set than just you and me. Right. So what we did, we went out there and we said, for every fairway you hit, that's one point. For every green and regulation you hit, that's one point. However, for every three putt, you have to subtract a point. So with that in mind, Mike, what was your impression going into it? Well, I mean, you start to think different strategies yeah. than you're used to. 
you know, obviously you want to rack up points. So, of course, what's one of the first things you do on most par fours is instead of driver, we go to a more comfortable club, seven iron, right. six iron, something off the tee. Right, right. And, you know, we're going to talk about it in a minute on how our stats, you know, reflected as a result of that. But that was number one, strategy change from the start. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but I was excited about it because, you know, in a way, I don't know, can we call it reverse engineering our golf game? Because we always think about score first, mm -hmm. but now we're kind of doing the other stuff. And then at the end of that saying, okay, we did all that. What's our score going to be? And, and I was curious to say, and everyone was commenting like, hey, guys, I'm curious to see what your scores reflect after playing this game, quote yeah. unquote. And it was pretty good. It was a decent score. Yeah. Uh, I shot 88. You shot 84. And those are good scores for both of us also. On that where we course, played. yeah. Man I've never broke 90 there. Mansion ever. Ridge, very difficult course. And anybody who doesn't uh, believe us, go play the 18th hole. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> you know, that you almost have to play that hole. Or the ninth. Or the ninth. Yeah, to score well there. But I agree. It's a little bit of, as you say, reverse engineering. We've talked about before, and we, we discussed this in our um, – our course management podcast, we talked about working backwards from the hole and thinking about what shots you need. And this kind of was that forced course management. It was forced focus. It forced you to focus because oftentimes if we don't set these small little targets and small little goals, sometimes we'll just step up to a shot and just kind of fire away without giving it the thought that it really needs to get. Yeah. So uh, all again, more topics that we're going to be talking about here on the podcast even more, which would be one, we're going to be doing an episode on how to maintain your focus. Mm -hmm. I think this is a good way to do it. So what we said was, yeah, you, you what, I, what I was so well designed with this challenge was that everything led to the other. So first of all, hitting a fairway. If we just wanted to hit a fairway, yes, I could put the driver away and hit a five iron just to reach the fairway or something like that. But that would then dramatically hurt my chances with the other points because now if i shorten the course you know for hyper 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 accuracy um i then had a long 185 190 whatever shot to try to get my greener regulation mm -hmm. and even if i did get the greener regulation i was often so far away the three putt would come into play so you really had to strategically think your way through and say i've got to i've got to try to hit fairway here, but I've also got to put it in a position where I can hit green and regulation. And then when I go for my green and regulation, I've also got to put myself in a position that I'm not looking at something that could easily go to a three putt by being 40, 50 feet away. Right. So um, right. I tried not to put driver away. I tried to instead just think about smarter driving lanes like we did with, with Kevin Sprecker, mm -hmm. of just saying, n really forcing me to think about my shot shape, of course, no matter what, guys, you're going to have errant shots. Sure. You're going to have a shot shape that you weren't expecting. These are things are going to happen. We're regular golfers, too. We have it happen to us, and it happened in that video. So, But when you go out there and you say, okay, and you start to think about where I need to aim in order to reduce the how bad my miss could be. Right. It start, you start to really learn from it. So let's run through some of the stats. What do you think here? Yeah, let's do that. Because you're absolutely right. I mean, I was... I hurt myself on hitting these greens in regulation because I left myself with so much to the hole. What you're saying after your drive? After my shortened drive so I can be in the Good. fairway. Gotcha. So you were saying you were laying off your drive. I was laying off my drives to get those fairway points gotcha. and to see how my score would change as a result of hitting more fairways. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Let's dive right into it. Um, my fairways hit that round were 57% versus a season average of 46. Wow. All right. So- 
that was great. I eleven percent increase. Yep, just earned, from that change. Just from that change. Yeah, I earned some pretty cool shot scope medals that day. One of them being eight fairways hit in a round, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but how did that transition to my greens hit? And I'll tell you the number: twenty-two percent versus my terrible season average of twenty-four. Mm. So looking at my shot scope data, I mean, I look at the tenth hole. Easy example for any of you who know this course: the tenth hole is a straightaway, three hundred and fifty-yard par four. There's a little stream that runs through it, so. You know, you can either fly it over it with a driver and, or you can lay up short. I decided to lay up short just so I can get the fairway. I had, I, I chunked a seven iron. I hit it 125.5 yards. It was a really short one. I just, I think I, actually, I think I skied it. I remember it left me with 196 left on my approach. Mm. Now, granted, I hit a great four iron, but I put it off the back of the green. Yeah. And then um, I ended up making bogey with a chip on and a two putt. So I went back. I was kicking myself. Like, I always hit driver off that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and by getting away from your normal strategy, you put yourself in a situation that gave you actually more pressure to hit a shot you're not used to hitting. Correct. Um, and I think it's so interesting. We we were chatting about your game the other day. We were at, a speaking of which, a Titleist Thursday, mm -hmm. and um, we were talking about wanting to get back there, and, and you were really trying to hone your mid-iron game yep. uh, because you were, said you were missing a lot of greens and regulation. But what's so interesting about that is your short game from 50 yards and in is far better than my short game from 50 yards and in. And it's largely because it's it's so interesting the way as golfers we adapt to different scenarios because you are missing greens and ending up somewhere in that 50-yard circle. I'm able to recover. You're recovering because you've got so much comfort and practice there. Think about it. Using your number, 75% of the time, you're having to play some sort of short game shot. Right. So – you're comfortable with it, but I think with a good part about that is you can then take that and say, Hey, I'm already good when I miss. Yeah. So if I can focus on my mid game, maybe it is even just dedicated range sessions where you go in and you're just aiming at flags anywhere from 185 down to 155 range and just, just firing on those flags. You can get a little bit more aggressive knowing that you've got that short game to fall back on, right. but you can work on that area. And that's a big part of, again, why we do challenges like this, why we track our statistics, because we're not in the dark about what we need to work on. For sure. Yeah. You see it right there. So I think that was a huge takeaway. Uh, diving into mine, first of all, my fairways and regulation are way up over last I mean, year. You're like tour level. Uh, Look at yeah. That. I, I think a certain, there's... I'm I'm all about full disclosure, and I'll tell you guys right now. There's some degree of this that is probably a bit overinflated, based on the fact that my number of rounds played this season is dramatically down over last season because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm looking at a season average right now, and that's over spread out over about ten rounds of 63% fairways and regulation. And that day, I hit 64% fairways and regulation. Yep. So um, it, I I've become better with the driver as you guys if you guys follow me personally on instagram you know that i i've been given up regular updates of working through some swing changes really a hyper focus on consistency is my thing accuracy i don't i'm not going to get the swing speed that this guy's getting and i've yeah. said i'm not i'm not worried about that yeah you know what i mean if yeah. i was on the pga tour i, I actually did a write-up on this the other day on golficity for jordan Spieth. Yep. i thought this was interesting and it, it's pertinent here Jordan, when he's at the top of his game, uh, it was, I think, 2014 or so. Who was it? Was it Furyk or um, I'm trying to – no, Duvall. Mm -hmm. Duvall warned him and said, don't chase distance. Don't chase distance. And he, and he, he saw the signs of it where um, 
Jordan was was saying, I'm just looking to get five to ten more yards and things like that. And, you know, he's working with his coach on that. And since then, his distance did go up. But as you know, Jordan Spieth started to fall off in different ways. First of all, I think there's a lot more to it than that. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of other things that, that Jordan is struggling with. And I I hope more than anything to see him make a big comeback. Um, but that's a, that's a whole other podcast where oh, we yeah. could dive into what's right. going on there. But on the PGA Tour, then you looked at the leaderboard right at the PGA Championship last week. Almost everyone in contention was guys who bombed the ball. Mm-hmm. All talking, everybody over, in, over uh, yardage, over 300 yards, average driving distance off the tee. Morikawa, huge, going to be a huge breakout star. This kid, first of all, has got a swing like butter. Yeah, it really But is. he bombs the ball a long way. They really, and you're, and you're competing at the very highest level, and you're playing a majors that are long, really pressing, challenging courses. Of course, shortening the course is going to be important. And these guys are playing for millions of dollars. So I'm so fine. If I was in that position, I'd be out there working on distance in every way I can. But for me, I know as I try to try to pour on distance, I'm going to start to lose a little bit of accuracy. Yeah. Also, I worry about my back. You guys know I've struggled through that. I know the more strain and stretch I put on my back, the less I'm long, the less longevity I'm going to have playing the game. So I've come to this kind of hard, you know, swallow the pill type of decision of saying like, look, I got a swing speed around 105 with my driver. Mm-hmm. I'm not pressing it to go further than that if i can put my driver out there 250 and accurately that's what i want out of my golf yeah i'm fine with it i'm not playing the tour level tees that leaves me on even a 400 yard par par four it still leaves me a 150 shot in fine with it so i that's a big part of and that's why i digress a little bit that's a big part of why my fairways are better this year i'm not trying to bomb the ball i'm trying to pick good smart targets and i'm just trying to you know, put the ball out there, put a good swing on it. And when I do try to bomb it and I try to rush it, things go badly. Yeah, for sure. So that being said, the next one, here's where I did see an improvement. Greens and regulation. Season percentage, 29%. Obviously, a lot of work needs to be had there. But in this particular challenge, 39%. And that is largely what led to me scoring better that day. Eighty, I shot an 84 that day, which is a great score for me. But where I left so much on the table... And all the comments rolled in about it. And you guys are 100% right. I couldn't putt for anything that yeah. day. I lost a lot of points on three putts. I don't remember it was three or four three putts. Um, I think part of why my green regulation was up was because I stopped firing at pins and was just firing for middle of green. Smart. A lot of pins were tucked left and right. Um, so granted, I was leaving myself with 40, 50, 50 foot putts, which and on a course as difficult as Mansion Ridge, can be a quick, quickly transition into three putts. How many three putts did you have that day? I think I had uh, four total. I'm not sure if, if ShotScope gives me that per round. Let's see. Average putts per hole, uh, it says 1.78, but I did have a, a yeah, high up You would up have and to down. go through the actual. It's because yeah. I had a high up and down percentage. My, my percentage, my season average up and down is 47. I was at 58. So when I was missing the green, I was chipping it close enough to be able to one putt it. Uh, but the problem is when I was hitting the greens, I was usually often leaving myself so much wood to cut that whatever. But you see it, my, my green reading, my pace, everyone, a lot of people highlighted my pace. We actually did a great little drill 
um, the other day with Brad Worthington. Yes. Uh, where he showed us both a great drill you can do to work on pace. Uh, hopefully you guys will see that soon. We're working on putting that video together. Um, but I, I know what I got to work on. I got to work on that and I want to be able to make content out of it. I want to get us in there with one of these coaches, show us green reading, pace and putting, do a whole lesson, put it on video and show it to you guys. I can't wait That's for that. That's my goal. Yeah. And you know, it, it seems that to be the common theme of, uh, most viewers call you out on is your putting. Yeah. And it's great to see that because, you know, they're, they're identifying it. They're seeing it from afar and you can go and work on it. Yeah. And it, it does show like if you really are at that level where you want to really start taking your game to that scoring level, it shows you that if what you really got to do is you got to and what the best pros do, they hit greens with driver. They're, they're hyper accurate with driver and they putt well. Yeah. If you can be hyper accurate with driver and putt well, you know, of course, short game for those misses and things like that fall into, you know, they're going to be an important part of that. But wow, I mean, you can make up a huge difference in score with just those two things. Well, for someone like you who in your basement almost every night trying to swing, uh, tour plane, plane mate, stretching, mm -hmm. how often do you putt per week? Yeah, I'm not putting Zero, enough. Zero, right? You're right. I'm not putting enough. And and I, I did a lot of putting with the putt out uh, in my office over the off season, but that does help with, I find, with putting stroke yes. technique. However, it's the variables that, that go into the pace. Mm -hmm. It's getting out on a real practice green and introducing breaks, downhills, uphills, yeah. both reading and stuff like that. And um, you heard actually interesting Tiger talking about this, about the which we saw Tiger hit the ball well struggled a lot with putting at the PGA championship. And I, and I had said while watching it, I was kind of just tweeting it out, like some of my thoughts out. And I said, Tiger gets hot with that putter. Look out in November Huge, at yeah. the masters, right? Because he was striking the ball. Yeah. Very putter well. killed him. Putter yep. killed him. Now, again, sympathetic to the fact that there's things like, you know, injury. So Tiger went with a longer shafted putter, because especially Bend over. bending over yeah. so much. And he had said, I, can, I can't I can practice putting for the grind hours I used to mm -hmm. because of my back and bending over. So he's got this longer putter. He's been using it for about a year so he could stand up straighter while he's practicing. Smart. Anyway, he said he couldn't get his pace right. And he said when I, when I would hit the ball hard enough, I was holding them. But he said it, his, his eye, he, he's a big feel putter, which I feel like I am too. I'm no tiger when it comes to putting, as you can see in that video. <laughs> but I do rely heavily on feel. And he's a, he's a big feel guy. And he said his feel and his eye just weren't matching up. And it was an incredibly challenging course. That's the other thing. Things vary. There's variables here. TBC Harding Park, the, 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 Greens were playing really firm, he said, on approach shots. Mm -hmm. But once you made it to the green, they were not as fast as they felt on your approaches. Yeah. So he said he ended up leaving a lot short with his feel, thinking that they were they were slower. So feel is a big thing. But going back to what I was saying, I do need to get out on putting surfaces outdoors and put that putting work in. Yeah. I mean, absolutely, man. Maybe we'll uh, have a – you know that the – the indoor putting green tiger has in his house yeah. that like it undulates. And yeah, everything yeah. Can, but we'll get you one of those one yeah, day. Yeah, okay. One day. Got a nice hundred thousand dollars. Exactly. Invest, yeah. Taking donations. Go fund me. Oh my god. Go fund me. Fix Frank's putting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but look, and it, it highlights just like we said before. Why we like these challenges. Why we like the stats. It highlights what I really need to work on for sure. Badly is is that putting. So 
I'm going to be diving into that. But again, I, I thought this was a tremendous exercise. It was a great mental exercise. And again, going back to the point of it, by just each time being laser focused on what do I need to do here to get my fairway, my green regulation and avoid a three putt, rather than saying, what do I need to do here to shoot par? Yes. It's just, it's a, it's a slight shift in the mental change, but trust me, it's an important shift. Yeah, shift. It's, it's big. And you know what, it, not, to add a little more fun to it, it was kind of cool seeing the uh, shot scope medals we won that day. Yes. And one of them being the early riser medal. Early riser. what time did we tee off? Like we had 540? a five, yeah, 5.45 <laughs> tee off. In the video, you'll see it. Those sunrise shots are awesome. Oh, they, they sure are. And hey, who doesn't like it? If you're, if you're like us and you got a family at home, who doesn't like to get back home before the kids finish yeah, I think breakfast? we did it. I was home by like 10.30. Yeah. It might it have even great. been earlier than that. It might have been. I think we were off that course by nine fifteen that day. <laughs> we got to find more of those. It was wild, but it was it was a it was a lot of fun. Um, we, like I said, we really learned a lot, and I, I would love to get your feedback if you go out and try this. And a, a lot of you, we said, what should be a name for this game? Mm -hmm. And a lot of you dropped your comments on the video. Some people said like the regulator because it was in regulation. Yep. Uh, there was a lot of fun ones. Read through the comments; you'll see some a lot of fun. Uh, fun suggestions for names for this game but i think it's something we'll we'll play again and if nothing else even if we're not formally playing it i'm gonna keep it in my mind when we're out there yeah 100 percent, definitely yeah so that was a fun one like i said guys let us know what you think um is there something even and and somebody had made a suggestion what we should add to this game was a bonus point for like a birdie which would be yeah. a good idea so let us know is there I any like tweaks that. um but i like these things that really hit that competitive edge by giving you something to, out there, a game to compete. We, we talk with the guys like game, from Game Like Training. I remember this in the spring. They talked about gamification. Yep. Uh, like This is why video games are so successful. There's always these little goals, the next level, the next thing you need to unlock. Mm -hmm. You put that into your golf game, you're then unlocking different areas of your brain that are trying to help you achieve these little goals. Trust me, it's just a lot easier to think of than just break 90. Right, you know? right. Try it. You know, if if we just added this one stat here, see they have fairways and reg, greens and reg, and up and downs. Yeah. We great. We tack on a point for up and downs now. Yeah. And then for three putts, subtract three points. What was your I up and down percentage? I guarantee you won't be three putting if there's three points coming off. Yeah, yeah. Um, my up and down percentage in the round was 25%. The season's 29, so it wasn't really that great. Yeah, but that, I, I mean, I'd want to dive into that because usually you're pretty deadly on the up and down. Yeah, I mean, that day not, but... Yeah. I mean, Royce broke up and downs that day. It was yeah, I ridiculous. think that's what's in my mind. So I you think you had like it. 10 of them. <laughs> right, that day. Remember, it was one putting, everything. Yeah, everything. Those were all up and downs. That was right. that was wild. Yep. Yeah, because you were putting it tight every time. Um, all right. Yeah, guys. my up and downs at Royce Brook were 47%. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> you were, you were, I, ah, that's why I love this shot. And scope. the one putts. Yeah, right. that's that's why I love too. It's not just the stats. Oh, you can go into each round and right. see. Right, I just quickly pulled it up. Because that's the other thing we didn't even talk about here is that there's variables that change from course to course. Some courses are going to be hard to hit fairways. Some courses are going to be hard. Where was that place we just played that it was like tight? Oh, yeah. Sunset Valley. Sunset Valley. The scramble? Ugh. I don't yeah. even want to know. I'm never where. going back. <laughs> Great course, but it just you want to challenge to go back. I I almost want to just go and see what what our our fairways hit that day were, but we were playing a scramble, so it'd be kind of hard to find them. We were playing, but that was like it took two of us firing yeah. to hit fairways. You're absolutely right, and I'm laughing in my head now as I'm looking at the stats from from Royce book. I mean, just going back, 
I hit 64% fairways. I hit 11% greens, but I had 47% up and downs. So why I shot an 82. I'm telling you, it's, <laughs> that's really 82, but that's what stood out in my brain being out there playing with you. I remember I said it a few times in the video. I'm like, this guy's short game is deadly. To yeah. Me. The, my, my medals, hole out chip shot, three sand saves. It's great. Yeah. But now imagine if you've got that to fall back on that, that really good short game. No, you can rely on it to get close and get it up and down, but then you just add in a few more greens. That's it. I, that could have been a break 80 day. It could have been. It was so close. So you know what you need to work on. I know what I need to work on. We're going to go do that. In the meantime, you guys can get to the show notes today by going to golfacity.com slash episode 336. Drop your comments below. Drop your comments in the Facebook group. Tweet at us. We want that feedback. Let us know what you guys think. Get out there. Try this game on your next round and see how it correlates to your score. We'll see everybody again next week. 